Welcome to the Keegan and Company podcast. In this podcast, I'm talking to one of my really good mates, Ali Day. Ali Day is one of the top Ironman in Australia. He's been at the top of his field for years now. Uh, he's not only one of the greatest athletes in Australia, but he's also one of the most genuine people I know. He would definitely take the shirt off his back for you. In this episode, we talked about hard work, being a good dad, and how pressure is a privilege. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation. I think you guys are gonna get a lot out of it. Enjoy, crew. Keegan and Company, it's Keegan and Company, the company you keep. That's it, that's gotta be it. I don't know what it is with like boys with concussions starting a podcast, but we're two from two. <laughs> Mate, you're the second, there's a heap more coming, <laughs> eh? There's probably a bunch more coming. All right, Drive Boy, are we live? We're all into it. Right, welcome. Ali Day, what's Thank happening, brother? Mate, thanks for having us. Mate, can we talk about the day that we just had? 100% we Mate, can. Mate, you've come on board with WhatAbility. You've gone through the onboarding process. So you went and you got, got all your checks. You got your blue card, your NDIS check, your police check. You had to sit with me for an hour and do an induction. <laughs> That's <laughs> the best part. Yeah, and then we went out for a day with a participant who we won't say his name. Um, but, mate, there wasn't a cloud in the sky. It was a picture-perfect day. Took a couple boards down. We got some waves. Mate, How do you enjoy it? How, how was it? It was unreal. It was um, – so if we back if we backtrack a bit – um, we did with one of my major partners, Shoreham Partners. Sure we partners. did a day a few months ago in Perth. You rang me after um, and said, mate, did you want to get involved? These are the things you need to do. Um, I ticked all the boxes, did all those did all those sorts of things. It was awesome sitting down with you for an hour. I actually really enjoyed doing, you know, getting like all the checks, doing all the modules for NDIS. I thought it was like great to do, great for me to do anyway. And um because, I mean, I'm, I'm amidst my, like, racing season at the moment. It's a busy it's, part of the time for me. Busy, that's busy another time thing of the year I want to touch me. on later on. Yeah. So I really enjoyed doing that. But, yeah, to, to bring it back to this morning, mate, like, it was cool. Like, we won't mention, obviously, the participant's name, but he was saying to us, this is the best day ever. He was frothing, bro. And I said to my wife on the way home, I actually said, we've done this. We, we, we as a family, do what we did this morning. Yeah. I've done that the last two weeks. I've done it pretty much my whole life. Like just the simple, um, the simplicity of what we did this morning. So, yeah. mate, we lucked out on the day. Um, it's pretty cool to do it with one of your closest mates, and then and to see uh, the participant, you know, just so happy um, makes you feel bloody good. The best thing, the best thing for me about it was I was talking to the support worker who we were with. We were shadowing the, the booking. The booking is, what, 10 till 4. Um, we go up and pick up the participant and then we go out for a two-activity day and the first activity was surfing. But I was talking to the support worker as we were on the booking and she said, he, our very, the very first booking that we went on, he hated sand. We said, let's go, for, let's go to the beach and go for a swim. He's like, I don't, know, I don't want to do that. Like, I want to go, I hate the beach. I hate the sand. And then as we go out, we're in the water. You've got, you're on the back of the board with him. He's got a small ear to ear. And then afterwards, he's like, this is the best day that I've ever had. Mate, like mm. you talk about putting smiles on people's faces. Like that's huge. Like, and he's, and he's been out with a, a bunch of crew. Like I've been on the Gold Coast for the last couple of weeks. Got to go out with Tom Green. Got to go out with Mac Horton, D Haslop. Some like not only great athletes, but just unbelievable people. Mm. And, mate, today he was like, this is the best day. He's like, I don't want to play Xbox anymore. I want to go surfing. Mm, it's so cool. And even, like, at the end, I don't know if you heard him say it. He goes, well, I see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And that, and I said to Kel in the car, like, that my heart sort of sunk. I was like, 
I wish we could. Yeah. Like I wish he could just come hang out at my house for a, f- a few hours and because he was he was so good today. He was frothing and he and these little things and this is what I love about Wordability and this is what I love about working with people in the disability sector. Like we get to use guys like yourself, top like top in their field. Not only the best athletes, but like I said before, the best people, and that takes the stigma out of the disability sector and it normalizes it like surfing today we would have walked past however many hundreds of thousands of people with someone like you you had all the nippers come up mm. to you and t- want to take a photo and you're out with a dis- kid with a disability mm. and you've got all these people looking like wow if, if Ali Day could do that I could do that mm. or as like, if Ali Day could do that that's cool and that's fun and that's that's mm. normal because there is a stigma around it right yeah it's massive and I <laughs> Like I'm still trying to, f- there's probably like a whole list of things of why I'm doing it. But yeah. that, again, I said to Kel in the car on the way home, I said, that, you know, like the, the burly nippers were down there and, and they were getting photos of me. And that, that always feels good. Yeah. You know, you know what it's like. Yeah. It's bloody an awesome feeling. But what feels even better is like, hopefully they seen that I was with you and, and with the participant. And, you know, like I'm not trying to be the first person to, to show people in our sport that, you know, disabilities are normal and, and um, everyone should be, you know, treated equal and treated the same. But I sort of want to be, I guess, a leader in that space and, and show that not only for the, the other boys and girls in my surf club, but for the other professional Ironman and Iron women in, in, the, in the series that you can go out and do this. It's so rewarding and, you know, we're just trying to break down that stigma of, um, you know, of disabilities. And I think, you know, like you told me the stories about the Travojevic brothers and I, I said that to Kel the other day as well. It's like, man, how cool is that? You know, like you've literally got the Travojevic family turning up to your house and taking yeah. your son out. Yeah. Like, where is that at? Like, and you told me about some of the AFL boys. I just think there's some bloody good people out there and obviously, um, you know, athletes can, they're just so influential yeah. in that space. And obviously being, you know, like, I guess sort of well-known here on the Gold Coast. I think it's a good thing and I'm looking forward to, um, I think we haven't spoken about it, but getting on my first booking and just doing yeah, it on my own. No, eh? I can't wait for it. <laughs> I, I honestly can't wait for it. And, and touching back on the Turbo Brothers and, and the Essendon boys like Dyson Heppel who are going through their onboarding process now and have actually been out on bookings, a lot of the times the participants might know these guys. Like a lot of the times they will look up to these guys. They might be really high functioning and they can read, write, talk and they watch the screen and they can see you on the screen and then they can see you turn up at the door. But a lot of the times they have no idea who you are. They might sit on the more complex end where they can't read and they can't write and they can't talk, but they can go surfing at Crumbin Alley mm. or they can go to bounce or flip out and do all the little things that we got to do. But they love the energy that you guys bring. Mm. Like Angus Bell, who plays for the Wallabies, he's one of the best. Like he's been on board for, I don't know, a bit over a year now. He goes out with another participant. They've got a really great relationship. The participant who, I, again, I won't say his name, but um, nonverbal, mm. doesn't know who Angus Bell is. Mm. But he can see this big rugby player and they'll go out <laughs> surfing they'll go to icebergs in bondi they'll get a coffee and they've got such a beautiful relationship where you know angus knows what he likes what he dislikes what his triggers are but what motivates him like what are his goals like what does he want to achieve like does he does he want to be more comfortable in a public setting or does he want to be able to order a coffee by himself or a drink or be able to cross the road like these really little things that we get to do every day, mm. but it can be a struggle for, for these participants at time. And, and I think that stood out to me when we were doing the onboarding process where you talk about how you want to inspire the other iron men and women, but you talked about um, young Danny, mm. your, your little bub, and you said, I'd love to 
be a role model for him. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the biggest part because I told you we stayed down in Manly the other week when I was racing and they've got a house there, like this big set of units that they bring kids like when they're really, really sick um, to get the opportunity to go to the beach and things like that. And uh, that's one thing Kel and I have, you know, he's only two, so he probably doesn't understand it. But it's one thing we've just, we want to drive home is yep. like, you know, be kind to people. But um, that, yeah, I mean, like everyone should have that that equal opportunity. And um, I want to show him that you've, like giving back is is super important. Um, it's just something that my parents have, I've watched them do. You know, my parents both um, have given given up hours and hours, particularly my mum. She still really? works for Vinnie's and still goes oh, out really? on calls wow. and things like that. So, and she's really heavily involved with like her church and her community and things like that. So, um, yeah, I just think it's, yeah, it's admirable when you see everyone doing it. And, you know, this morning watching you with the participant and even when we're over in Perth watching Steve and a couple of the Frio guys with the participants, it was like bloody inspiring. So that's pretty cool. That's sort of want to want to be, and I want Danny to be able to look at look at his dad and be like, "Yep, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do that as well." Mate, that's and that's so cool to hear because I was gonna ask you, like you've always had this really genuine, kind nature about you, and you're always looking to do things away from your sport. Like the last couple of years, like. November mm. doing the doing the chats like when me and you were doing the chats <laughs> the last couple of years which were unreal yeah. you've always you know you're mate, you're a busy man you got things going on <laughs> you know you got the active gym you got the gentleman you're training at a full-time level you not only have and I want to touch on your time management later on but mate you're you're a busy man <laughs> like why like how did all this come about? Have you do you think you've always had this giving nature, or do you think that's come from your parents and watching them do what they do? Yeah, I think it's like probably a combination of factors, mate. Obviously, mum and dad watching them, growing up in a small country town as well. Like a lot of the people down there are, are very, very similar too, and and just like the people that I've been blessed to have around, like coaches and and you know friends and and people you meet along the way, like yourself that that sort of are on you know cut from that same sort of cloth, so. I think it's just a combination of factors, mate, of, of how I've sort of, like, turned out the way I am. But obviously the biggest part is probably my parents and, and how they sort of reared my brother and my sister. Yeah. Do you think it goes hand in hand with, I don't know, I, when I talked to Tommy and um, Tommy Turbo and a few of the boys who are at a really high level, like yourself, who are the best athletes in their field, they love that they can step out of that bubble of professional sport and have a bit more perspective. Do you think that, doing these things that are a bit selfless that you can go and help other people. Do you think that makes you a better athlete and a better performer or cause that was the thing Like you're mate, you're six time cooling out a gold champ, right? You've won the last couple Ironman series, but you're at the top 1% of your field. How, what do you, what do you think makes you the best, right? Like how do you think that you can get there? Do you think stepping outside of it helps or do you mm. think it's just, working hard because I really wanted to get your opinion on that yeah that's a really good question mate because I've almost done it uh, I've, and I'm, I'm sure you've probably done it as well like you you've you you've either done it one way or the other and, and the first way is just you know putting a blindfold on or blinkers on and just focusing purely just on Iron Man and and being a professional sports person um it's a pretty selfish sort of thing um most of the time your thought process is when you wake up when you go to sleep every hour in between that is you're thinking about uh, the training session, what you're putting in your mouth, what time you're going to bed, everything that's going to help you perform um, to play footy, to do whatever you, whatever you want to do. So 
I've definitely been over that side. Um, but now I'm sort of transitioning. Like I think over the last couple of years, after having some time out of the sport with being injured and also becoming a dad and a business owner and that sort of stuff, I've started to realise that um, all these other things aren't necessarily distractions. They actually add to the journey. They add to your story and they actually help you go out and race better on race day. So again, like I'm in a busy time of the year, it would have been easy to, to tell you today, hey, Keegs, I'm tired from training this morning. I don't want to get out in the sun today. Um, I've got training the Savo. It's a really important week. I want to nail the week. I'm racing next weekend. But now I know how much this morning's actually going to give me. It's going to make me happier. And I, I believe like when I'm happy, um, I'm a better person I'm a, and I'm a better athlete. Do you get energy from it? Yeah, 100%. You know what it's like. It's yeah. you, what I could have gained sitting at home today. You know, what sitting in the air con and watching a couple <laughs> episodes and maybe doing a bit of work and stretching and you're not going to get you. You're going to get so much more out of that connection that we that we had today with the participant. Huge, mm. and I think I I loved uh, obviously the happiness and and that helps and energizes you. But coming back to the sporting side of it, you got to work hard. Yeah, like you. I think I remember I remember listening to a chat a while ago, and it stuck with me. Um, it was something like you can't replace hard work. Mm. Like there's no, or there's no substitute. No substitute for, yeah. There's no substitute for hard work. Yeah. Is that something you live yeah, by? Yeah, it's like my favorite quote. Yeah. yeah, I got told it years ago, and the, there literally isn't. There's no shortcuts. To, to, there's all these little quotes, but that's the one that's always stuck uh, by me. In there, uh, you know, I didn't know you probably five up until about four or five years ago, um, and I watched you on the field, and I loved. I always sort of gravitated towards a player that might not not necessarily have been the most talented in the team, or they might have been, or you could just tell that they worked hard behind the scenes and they were passionate about it. And, and you were one that stood out through a mutual friend of, of, of Mitch Rain. Give you shout, a shout, shout out, out Mitch Rain. Yeah, I watched you like I go to the Titans game, watch you. I'm like, man, this guy has he's just given everything into it, and I love seeing that. And so that that's sort of like what I uh, that's in my DNA. That's the way I've had to be. I definitely wasn't the most talented Ironman growing up. Um, you know, I wasn't sort of like winning national titles at a young age. It's sort of, I was a bit of a late bloomer in our sport, but right. I'm actually really grateful that it happened that way. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it sort of shaped who I am and, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to sit here now and do things like this and be able to share my story. It would have been pretty easy to quit back in the day when you weren't mm. having the success, right? Like you were growing up and imagined you're still training just as hard as a 17, mm. 18, 19 year old. Were there any times where you thought, you know what, fuck this. Yeah. I want to go, go surfing with my mates. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, you can imagine I had like, you know, you hit that age of 16, 17 and people were like surf club, what are you doing that for? Clubby. He's yeah. like, yeah. Um, you know, why aren't you coming to this party on the weekend? Why aren't you doing this? And you're training, you, uh, you know, I was training hard still then, but just wasn't getting the the sort of results and, and you know what it's like when you don't get picked in a team or, or you get that bit of adversity, it, it sort of hurts. So around that, around that 15, 16, you know, age group, I almost threw it in almost. It was like, nah, I'd, I'd rather just go get an apprenticeship, um, surf with my mates, be able to go out with them. Um, but I'm glad I stuck it out again. I'll mention those mentors that I had sort of around me at that time. And Is that what kept you on, the mentors? Kept yeah, you on track? I think that. And I just had like a couple of a couple of like light bulb moments and a couple of moments that sort of uh that gave me yeah I guess that little bit of confidence or gave me like that next step that I couldn't sort of like pull away it was like no I've gotten a little bit further now yeah. 
don't don't stop now. So there was a couple of those moments when I was about 17, 18, and then, you know, sure enough, I, I qualified into the professional series at 19, almost qualified at 18 when I was in school, and then, yeah, got it the year after. So it happened, like, really, really quick. Is it a compounding effect time after time, year after year? Does it get easier as you get on or is it always now you've got people chasing you, you've got the young boys, you've got mm. you back in the day when you were yeah. 18 biting on your heels because you've got the target on your back now, right? Yeah, the target's big and I mean it gets bigger and bigger every year because everyone just wants to beat wants to beat me, which is so fine. And, um, you know, Shannon Eckstein was like my hero growing up yep. um, and arguably the greatest in our sport and everyone wants to – I remember being – you know, 22, 23, racing him, just thinking he was he was God. No one can beat him. But yeah. you wanted to to sort of take it to him. So it's that old sort of like, uh, you know, Michael Jordan quote, like pressure is a privilege and it's only going to last for a while. Um, I've, I'm 32 now. You know, I'm starting to sort of – I'm at the back end of my career. So I want to make sure that those moments, I enjoy them, embrace them because I know they're not going to be around forever. I'm sure – like, I don't know, mate, do you miss that that moment right before you go out and play? The, the <laughs> when, you, when you, yeah, I, I do. I yeah. do miss it. I'd be silly if I said I didn't miss it. Of course, mm. of course I miss mm. it. Um, it's a love-hate, isn't it? It's a roller coaster, mate. It's a, yeah. it's a full roller coaster. But what you said just before about pressure being a privilege, mm. like I get the, it's a privilege to be able to work hard. It's a mm. privilege to be able to have that pressure for having people to rely on you. Like for the last eight, ten years of playing in the NRL, it's like, you can't let people down. You don't no. want to let people down. You've got so much external pressure, but you've also got in that internal pressure to be like, okay, well, I don't want to let the guy on my inside down or my outside. I want to be the best I can be for them. I don't want to miss a tackle. I don't want to, you know, throw a shit pass. I don't want to do that. And then, mate, when I retired a year ago, I was like, okay, well, what am I doing? <laughs> like, I don't have, like, I don't have that, that pressure and the, privilege of having other people rely on me like mm. i was fortunate enough to have a year break where i could figure out what i really wanted to do mm. and i got to fall in love with something that i absolutely love and i had no idea that i would move into mm. the disability sector or with what ability i had no idea and i love it um but before that i didn't have anyone relying on me mm. i didn't have that and I, and I do miss that and i did miss that but now coming into what ability like i get to manage athletes across australia yeah. and i get to give them the experience of what i fell in love with and and to see you out with the participant today, mate, it just it makes me feel so happy. Like I, this, this is my purpose it's, now. It's almost better than before you run out and play. Fully, hey? mate. Yeah. Fully. Like I love. It's a different feeling, but it's like, mate, it's, yeah, course. it's awesome. I love rugby league, and I love everything that it's given me. But mm. mate, I'm not trading in what I'm doing now. No way. No way. No. I got people. I got athletes all around Australia you know, wanting mm. to go out on bookings and having the best time, and so for them to now they're relying on me to make and I'm putting a bit more pressure on myself to make sure that they have a positive experience mm. um which is really cool that's and mad and it's really love exciting. hearing that eh? you, uh, can, you can feel it when you talk about it hey well you talk like it's just genuine and mm. it's just authentic and I think that's why we get along so well and that's mm. why you always mate you you inspire me so much just from the fact how genuine you are how hard working you are and how it's almost like you're doing all this you know, you've got a, such an amazing legacy as being an Ironman, but you also want to have, like, the way from outside looking in, it's almost like you want to be a better person than you are Ironman. Yeah, that's always been the thing. Mum and Dad have always said that. It's just a race at the end of the day. It's just a sport. Like, yeah. it's way more important to be that person, um, which which can be hard sometimes after you have good or bad races. Uh, but you got to remember, 
you know, sort of what inspires you. And, you know, I remember, you know, being at the beach and or, or going to footy games and, you know, you can tie it back to the water ability as well or, or whatever you want to do. But those heroes that you have in your life or role models or idols, they play a massive part. You know, I remember rubbing shoulders with like Brad Fittler, you know. Yeah, yeah, Freddie. You yeah. know, and getting his autograph. And then Ian Thorpe and, and Grant Hackett and people like that. And it might be a sentence, it might be a photo, it might be – you know, it might be an autograph, but it leaves like a pretty big mark on you. So I've always got that in the back of my mind that, um, yeah, you don't know who's watching, but just be, it's important to, to look after whoever whoever's coming up to you. Make sure you always give them the time of day. Well, mate, you definitely inspired me. And I think that your role when we were having all the Movember conversations mm. over the last couple of years, that was almost the fire and the sort of, you know, spark to light this whole thing. Yeah, it's so cool. You know, we're, we're fresh and I'm not sure how it's going to look, but, mate, for you to reach out and say, mate, do you mind jumping on a podcast? We're doing a Movember chat. Yeah, with mate, it was a lot. this is a lot, lot better than the production the, the we little had. Phone I remember had. reaching out to you and being like, hey, mate, I'm friends with Rainy. Do you mind if we, like, catch up with you? And Bart's my business partner. I was like, no, nah, he'd be heaps keen. He's a really lovely <laughs> bloke. And I told you I met met the la- let, met that lady at the, the dog park and she was like, yeah, he's so nice. He's so <laughs> nice. So I like, remember just like, writing you a text and being like, Fuck, I hope he writes back. Eh? <laughs> Turns out you did. Eh? I don't know if you just felt sorry for me or you're a good bloke. Mate, nah, no, so. <laughs> I, mate, I loved it. I loved it. All those chats yeah. that we had, and we've mate, we've had some. We had chats. one at Corumban that day, yeah. <laughs> and then we had one. We had uh, that that one down near your house. You're yeah. like in the and it just. I love the. I feel like we're just giving each other compliments. This podcast, but we're just we're keep it going, keep it going. But this is why I love you. We just we just pump yeah, each yeah. other. But up you gave time. me that. You just would always give us the time of day, and I was like, man, that's someone that um yeah that I've got a lot of time for, and that's someone I want to be like. Well, mate, likewise, mm. likewise, and and going forward, you know, you've. Probably on the back end of your career, you got a couple good years left. You're still at the top. What's what's the plan? Do you want to do you want to retire on the top? Do you want to go a couple years further? What's the what's the plans going forward? It's funny, hey. It's um, you know, you start to think about it a lot more now because it's it is coming to the end. So, um, but at the same time, I'm just trying to focus on the present, like that. You know that that cliche process, one thing at a time. There's still. Still a few things that I sort of want to achieve in the sport and that's probably not result-wise, it's probably more of a feeling-wise um, sort of thing. Like with, with Danny there now and hopefully a few more kids in the future, it'd be cool to to rack up a few more race wins and then be there um, for that. So it's just that that experience I want to give my family, like travelling around Australia and, 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 and doing well in races is really cool. They're some of my favourite memories. So, mate... I'm not 100% sure of what, what I sort of want to go on to do. Uh, you know, whether it's some stuff with waterability, I feel like I'll always love doing that. I love, obviously, the gyms and health and fitness. Um, but just, I mean, that, that I guess that passion and belief of just wanting to help people would be a pretty good, I don't know what that what that looks like or what that means. But, yeah, I'll do definitely do a couple more years of racing and then, yeah, hang up the togs or the paddle, mate. And, uh, <laughs> helping helping people, it looks like that's at the heart. Like, yeah. that's a core value of you. And yeah. you can see that in Active as well. Like, mm. Active, mate, it's pumping. Mm. It's yeah. growing. You're opening, you know. Yeah, I'm very lucky. I should give, like, Bart's and, and Luke, uh, both my business partners. I've, they've given me so, so much breathing space over since it started. And they've, they've allowed me to sort of go out and chase what I've wanted to chase. And 
they sort of pull me in every now and then. But, I mean, I've got two great guys to look up to, both amazing role models that sort of like um, are setting that up for me in the background. So it's, it's pretty cool. And it looks like you've built such a great community there as well. You know, you're at the, at the core, you're helping people. You know, mm. people want to get fit and they want to feel better and that helps mm. their mental health and it helps their physical health. It helps everything. Mm. But having that core community, having the community, is that something that you thought was just going to happen naturally or was it something that you guys put a lot of effort into no it's something it's funny like i think when we first opened the doors i thought how good's this i'm just going to get paid this is bad um so we did a lot of hard work and i was shocked obviously sorry that that didn't happen straight away it's a long time <laughs> but bart's is incredible uh you know just how just just know him just as well as i do of how much he gives back and it would would take the shirt off his own back and give it to someone sort of thing he's, he's of incredible yeah. um you know he's he's got a great story and he, he came from not much either. Um, he he had a he had a pretty like sort of tough upbringing. So to see where he is now, but to continue to give back is is bloody cool. But he came from obviously that rugby league background. That's how you guys know each other. And obviously I came from my background. And we always thought like when we first started talking, it was like when I'd go to the surf club or when he went to footy training in the afternoon. The best part about going to training in the afternoon is being around your mates course of your mo- of always, the morning always. you know you had a purpose you went there people checked in on you you went for dinner you went for breakfast whatever it might be you'd be doing the same in footy uh, as well and we wanted to create a safe space where people could come get to know one another and along the journey learn about health and fitness Sick. so the, the first thing was just like create a space where people felt like they were a part of something and that tied into the budgie run? That tied into the budgie run. You guys that tied do every in, November. Everyone, yeah. All the boys get in their budgies, do a couple of runs up the hill. Yeah, yeah. And Bart, girls, girls as well. Girls as well, yeah. Bart's has been obviously the mastermind behind that. I think, you know, like we literally pulled an iPhone out four years ago and I filmed both of us down at Talabudra and then I would just tell him each day, hey, mate, where, who do you want to interview? And he'd be like, let's get this person. So we got you. And so we did 30 chats and then halfway through one of the chats really early on, Bart said, I'll run up. Burley headland with my budgies or something. Is that how it started? Yeah, it was yeah. something like that. And, and now it's just, it's turned into obviously an annual event. Lululemon have gotten behind it. Um, I know that, you know, that, that he's hoping to grow it over the years, but just, it's so cool to see um, guys and girls, kids, mums, dads, whoever going up and running it because that's obviously another, like we are, that's how we met. It's another, like, um, you know, passion really close to my heart with, with, with the mental health and things like that. How like does it get, how does it get bigger? You've got hundreds of yeah. people running up this hill. There's no room to get nah, anything. I, know, I like? think Bart's is that you said before, and I should mention Matty Palmer as well. He's, oh, he's one of the greats. Yeah, he he also has had a has a played a really big hand and played a really big part in it. But I think the boys are suggesting potentially, and I have no idea, but going from state to state and doing one and making wow, them mate. like that. So wow. um, no, it's cool that the, the amount of support that we get. Um, I honestly thought that first time we did it, zero people would turn up and it's been me and Bart's and maybe you running up the hill. Uh, but it was cool, weeks. mate. I mean, those Movember chats, we, if you look back, we, we interviewed everyone from, you know, yourself and Mick Fanning who were, um, you know, at the top of their game. I wouldn't put us on the same pedestal, but thank you, I mate. Would. Two really good blokes. And I'm sitting there interviewing you and interviewing Mick going, shit, like, is the camera on? Have we, have we got this sort yeah. of thing? And then you're interviewing, you know, a guy called Shane Leahy at, at the gym that's that's 50 years old and a dad and a dad and it's just a everyday Joe Blow. But everyone's got, yeah, it's funny when you sit down with someone and talk, everyone's got something to give and everyone's got that story and particularly around men's mental health as well, which... Um, 
is, is the reason why we did it. And I love that you guys are shining a light on it and you continue to shine a light on it because it's changing. Like Ooh. the last five, ten years from when you guys started, we, I, even now, there's so many more mental health conversations coming up. There's mm. more podcasts being started. People are jumping on board. And it doesn't just have to be with Movember. It can be all, it's all year round, right? Like, can you see it changing? Yeah, 100%. You can see like, you know, you can see the Salt Social starting yeah. and things like that. There's so many little groups that you see out there doing things um, in the wider community that you go, how good's that? See. That's There's a tick, there's a tick. Oh, how good's that? They're out exercising as a group. You know, we just spoke about some of the other blokes off air that go down and swim at Talabudra. That's their thing they do together. Some guys go to the gym together. Like, it's in it's in built-in-ness. It's just sometimes you need that little little connection somewhere where you can feel comfortable enough to do it and um active's definitely been a, a big driver i reckon in in hopefully helping people in that space it's all a it's all about community and that's what mm. i see at the so, salt social sort of see with you guys at active mm. 440 in sydney like yeah. there's so many great concepts where at the end of the day yes we're running and or we might be working out or mm. we just have the community Mm. Like the community is so huge being able to check in with a mate and have that account accountability like there's a bunch of old boys that train at um Palm Beach Crumbin yeah. at, at the school there yeah and they there was this there's this big guy there and he's like mate I haven't missed a day yeah he's like, I couldn't get down off the floor and get back up he's a big boy and he's an absolute legend and they've got such a and they've started introducing a couple of the young boys in there so like cool technology gets down there Jaya Dean the the bro behind the camera. Yeah. Um, mate, there's some good crew there and they just do it and then they go for a swim, they go mm. get a coffee afterwards and they've. it's just a time to check in and make sure yeah, everyone's yeah. going. It's pretty awesome, hey? It's like that connection, isn't it? Like every day. Like, because I had literally one of my best mates fly up for Rainey's wedding, actually. Yeah. Picked him up from the airport. We are driving from like Cabarita up to up to Mermaid and it's like the first time we'd like, like spoke about the stresses yeah. ever. Wow. You know, we're 32, both of us. Have been best mates forever. We're sitting in the car, and you know how sometimes you'd be like, "Hey, mate, how you going? Yeah, yeah." Brush over, and you sweet, just start sweet, talking sweet. about whatever it might be. But actually, that was the first time that we were both like, "I was like, mate, I don't know. I didn't say, mate, how are you actually doing? But how is how is school? How he's a teacher? Yeah. He wouldn't mind me saying he was like, oh, this, this, and this.' And I was telling him about some of the problems I was sort of having. But um, yeah, for best mates, it took us not took us that long, would always be open and honest with one another, but it was just one of those conversations I remember. And as soon as you break down something with someone like that, yeah. it's like the coast is clear. And, and from the next time onwards, it's like, oh, I can, you know, I can talk openly to this guy. Because most of the time I'm thinking, he doesn't want to hear about my crap. Yeah. You know, I still think like that. Right. Sure, we all do. Yeah. Mm, but it's cool. It is cool. And it does. And it's just, it doesn't have to be a big conversation. No. It's just a matter of saying, mate, how, like, well, how are you? What's happening? They might brush over it, but it's like, mate, mm. or even just pick up the phone and be like, mate, like what's happening? Just checking in. Mm. I, I had a mate, he, he was going through a pretty messy breakup um, with his partner and he has got a bunch of stuff going on. He's, and I just called him out of the blue. I'm like, mate, I love you. What's going on? Mm. He's just like, fuck, is that, man, I wasn't expecting this call. Like, man, mm. I'm actually really struggling. Mm. And then he messaged me afterward. He actually, he left it for a day and then he messaged me the next day. He's like, mate, I really needed that. Like, thank you so much. And it's just like, fuck, man. It's so easy just yeah, to check in. And yeah. having all that community, it all just ties back in. 100%. Um, so for anyone like that, I think that if you, know, if you can't see the other side of the hill or if you are struggling, like just find a mate or a friend or just check in because when you are vulnerable with your own vulnerabilities and when you can talk about yourself, it almost makes it okay for other people to talk 100%, about it as well. 100%. And then the other side of it is like, I've got that r a rule where 
if I think of you or I think of someone, just send them a text. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I'm feeling really good. I just flick them a text. I'm thinking of this person. I'm going to send them a text. Just be like, hey, mate, thinking of you. Hope you're going well. How's things? Sort of thing. I remember you saying... um, I don't know how we got onto the conversation, but L from Sean mm, Partners, one, yeah. of the, one of the greats, he was saying during COVID, he had a, like this thought or this process where he would message like five people that came to mind. Yeah, he's, he's like literally one of the, yeah, he's someone I look up to in so many different ways. Like he's been ultra successful. Um, but yeah, like I remember during COVID, um, he'd, he'd give me like a call a couple of times a week. He'd know hundreds of how people. Many, how insane. Yeah, and he's on the phone for work all the time. Yeah. So like... He's got a family. He's running a business. He's sponsoring Manly. He's sponsoring everything. You sponsoring know what I mean? Sponsoring yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He does some amazing things. But I remember remember someone telling me that he had a list of people that he would just check in on every single day, and I was wow. like, "Holy shit! This guy's like, how is he's if he's finding the time to do it, um, then anyone can sort of do it." And I think it's um, yeah, super inspirational that a guy like that can yeah, it just goes to show the type of person he is. And that, yeah, mm. it's a, it's a full circle. And mate, mm. just on time management, how the fuck do you do it, mate? You train twice a day. Mm. You're running multiple businesses. <laughs> you're mate. You you come on board and do it. Spend the day with me today and jump on a podcast. How do you how do you manage your time? Like from a practical point of view, for for me, like and for everyone else. Yeah. Listening, like how? Like what are the practical steps? Are you writing it down on a Sunday <laughs> evening? Like what does it look like? There's a couple of things I should. Again, like with with active and stuff like that, I don't do anything with that at the moment. My wife does a lot of it, a lot of the social media, the marketing. Bart's and Luke, they're in charge. So, like, I actually don't have a role there at the moment. I have in the past, you know, we're taking classes and doing some marketing here and there. So, I, I've got to take myself out of that. We do, I do a little bit for the gentleman, also not that much. So, purely this year, like I had a few goals and, and one was obviously to, to do to, to be a really good Ironman, but my other ones was to be a really good husband and, and also be a really good dad. So like um, the decisions I make, like coming on today, going to, you know, um, our booking today, I base them around now, like what's going to give me energy. So there's some things I do say no to, obviously, but then there's most of the time, if it's something that I know is going to help a mate or help someone or help me, I'm, I'm going to do it. So look, on a, I'm a an old school person. I bought a new diary yesterday. I still write down everything like that in it. I know what my training roughly looks like on a Sunday afternoon. I know what my month sort of looks like. We've got a big planner at home, but um, I just try stay in that structure sort of thing when i don't have structure i don't know how you go now mate like like you know like as a as an athlete you're you know it's get up this time eat this go here do that race like your years almost like set out isn't it um so i'm a big fan i i love breaking out of it when i'm on holidays and not having to just step away and relax but as i said i'm an old school person i like the diary i use the phone a little bit and just pick and choose the things I need to do that are um, servicing my goals. What do you do when it gets too much? Like, is it saying uh, is I, it saying no? Because you obviously, you train, mate, it, I know you, you might not be hands-on in, mm. in the other businesses, but mate, just being a professional athlete and training at the level you do, mm. having the energy to be able to train all day and then come home and be a good dad and be a good partner, and mm. it's hard. Like, what do you do when becomes too much oh i've definitely like and kel can can 100 speak in this there's definitely been times where i've, I've lost it like yeah. i've thrown a phone or I've, 
I've screamed or I kicked a soccer ball the other week really hard against the wall. <laughs> Hope it didn't hit Danny. No, no, I didn't hit Danny. But, like, I've definitely had moments where it's got to that. I'm really aware of, like, before it – I need to be better at before it gets to that. I don't know. Not everyone's like that. Everyone can sort of catch it at different times. But um, I'm working on getting better at letting that – before that stuff builds up. But, again, I've got, I've got great advisors around me. I've got Kel. I use her as a sounding board – lay in bed at night and I was chewing her ear off last night. She must be thinking, what the hell have I signed Go up for bed, 10, 10 years bed. later? <laughs> um, so her, my coach Zane, I've got Bart. So, you know, I've got I've got a whole group of people. Oh, no, not a whole group of people. I've got a really small team of people that I can talk to and say, hey, what do you think about this? Is this a smart idea? Should we be travelling here? Should I be doing this? Um, and it all comes back to, I guess, you know, servicing the goals that I have Sick. and it's the iron man it's the it's the dad and it's the husband and it's the you know it's the husband and dad that's the first thing you know so as soon as I turn up on the driveway at home it's um excuse me it's trying to trying to just stop for a moment and be like okay I'm going in there I've finished my session let's go back in and, and be the best dad I can be and be the best husband I can be and then tomorrow when the alarm goes off I'll compartmentalize and jump in the pool and the 90 minutes of, of training is, is my time and that's when I'll, I'll get after it. Mate, I love mm. I love that you got your priority set mm. with family, with training. How's recovery? You sleeping? Yeah, yeah, plenty <laughs> of that, plenty of that. I, 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 um, I used to get really worried, Keegs, about what people would think if I said no or said yes. Yeah. And that's something I'm getting a lot more comfortable with, just yep. being like, no, I'm going to actually say no and I'm not going to worry about um, what they might think. Not in a bad way, I don't mean like, Nah, f you. I'm not doing that. I don't have time for Mate, it. I got, I got a bit on. Yeah, 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 it's okay to say that. Um, this is important to me. So, uh, no, nah, sleep's good. Like I, you know, again, Kel is amazing with our son Danny. She does, you know, all mums do that. They they're just incredible. It's inbuilt in them. Um, but you know, I make sure I'm there at those key moments. I love being there for like bath and shower time of a night time. I love being in the room before he goes to bed at night. I love giving him a kiss and a cuddle and just things like that, that time goes so freaking quick. It goes, um, and I want to make sure that I'm there for those moments of, of even just like, you know, like I might be on my phone and he's going, dad, 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 or he's yelling, I'm washing my ski out the front. He's yelling, dad, dad. And I'm like, no, I've got to finish this task. I try to stop what I'm doing and go to him if I can Yeah, most of the time. But there's that, um, there's that, there's a podcast out at the moment with Hamish Blake and it's called How Other Dads Dad. Yeah. Same. And uh, a mate of mine sent it to me. I've been listening to that and that's it's sort of like helped a lot um, listening to so what, what other dads do. You know, your dad looks like a champion. We're riding his board this morning, <laughs> so I'm sure he's passed we, a lot on to you, mate, we, for when that time comes. We uh, we took the big hippo board out mm. today. My mum made that for mm. him when <laughs> he must have been 40. Mm. Must have been his 40th birthday. Or so his cool. And it's so cool. And, mate, I still ride it. Like, whenever there's a little a little wave getting mm. through, like, I'll always take it out because it's so fun. It's waterlogged. And it's special, you know? It's special, yeah. There's that thing there that your mum got it for him. Yeah. And now you're using it. And I want to have I want to have traditions like that in yeah. our family. How old's Danny? He's two. Mate. So it's cool. Like, um, you know, when I f- we had him and I'd, I'd, I'd won the series that year and he was he was tiny, you know, and then the following year, like last year, he was sort of asleep at most races. <laughs> uh, during the gold, I ran past him and he sort of was like, just sort of like looked up, but he's getting more and more aware every day. And 
I didn't win a race down at um, a few weeks ago, and I'm, I'm desperate to win one. Yeah. Not only because of the feeling of winning, but I want to get him up on like the podium. That'd be like, sick. I want to do things like that with him that um, that that we have. Not not saying that he needs to go and do that, but it's that's something that's in, it's special to me. Do you reckon he'll go down the life saving route? Maybe. Or you obviously, because you you did AFL, you did Union, and yeah, you tried everything. Or yeah. it's just a matter of putting him out there and saying, "Mate, whatever you want to do." Yeah, my dad was like rugby. Yeah, you know, he was yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. He played like over, you know, a couple hundred games, and he still loves that. That's still like his his bread and butter. Yeah. Um, but look at the size of me, mate. I was never going to be. Um, <laughs> but you could be a little halfback. Maybe fast. I was I growing, running out there today. Growing up with Mitch Rain across the road from your house, he was spear tackle. It was me and my <laughs> best mate against him. So. Um, that just goes to show, like, what it takes to play NRL. That's how good the, you could just tell that. And I'm sure you were the same. Like, anyone that's playing in the NRL are freaks. They honestly are. Like, Rainey was 15. He was like, my brother was four years older than us. Um, and he had a big mate of his that would come around. He was good at rugby. And I remember Rainey, like, spear tackling him on my lawn. <laughs> like, He's so competitive. Yeah. He, like, I'm sure you're the same. But uh, he, yeah. he is one of the most competitive yeah. guys that I've been yeah with. without him knowing he, he's no. helped he's helped me heaps and, yeah. and so is you know so steve my other best mate and um but yeah mate it's it's you know I was yeah I guess like being an Iron Man was you know it wasn't something that I was like yeah I'm gonna be I want to be the best at it it was just um it's just what sort of came a bit more naturally compared to the other sports sick mm. mate I could talk about that all day but I want to say thank you for for the whoop, yes. For the gift, mate. This is got to be one of the the coolest gifts Thanks, that mate. I've received, mate. I've I listened to the podcast with the founder on um, the Diary of a CEO, mm. and I remember talking to you about it a while ago. And mate, it's so it's so important. But mate, can you tell me just a little bit about it? It's obviously it's a sleep tracker, right? Mm. What are, what are we looking at? Is it just is it just measuring sleep, my REM sleep, light sleep, like what? What do you? Because you've wear one for a little and while it, now. It pretty much does everything. So yeah. I've worn one for a few years now. Um, yeah, you come back to the point of of all, I'm always looking, I guess, just to 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 get yeah. that extra one percent or extra yeah. half percent or whatever it might be. And uh, I'd listen to a couple of podcasts. I've seen a couple of other athletes in America sort of wearing them. Um, so I ordered one. Um, and then with my management a couple of years ago, they at the start of the season they were like, "Who's someone that you'd like to?" be partnered with and i said whoop and there was no way that you know i'd never think that you know this would sort of happen they're a huge american brand yeah they're massive and i thought geez they're not going to want to sponsor someone like me i think i had some pretty other funny funny sponsors that i won't mention (laughs) on there (laughs) calvin klein haven't picked up the phone yet no they haven't bonds bonds calvin's i wrote bonds still no bonds so if anyone's listening out there i'll happily take that down um but take that on sorry but yeah whoop uh the reason i got one obviously was because i wanted to track um my HRV, yeah. uh, my sleep is a big, big one as well. Obviously, my heart rate um, during the day, during competition, um, and then also, I mean, as I said, like whoop, we could go, we could do a whole podcast on what yeah, whoop exactly. can do. But yeah. it gives you a recovery score each day. It gives you a sleep, like you know, like it, it's tracking your sleep, how many hours you might need. It's got a sleep coach on there. It's got a journal on there. So after. Each morning you wake up, it might ask you like, "What time you went to bed? What'd you do? This? Did you drink magnesium? Did you wear blue blocking really? glasses?" It goes and in then that, in that depth. It goes in that depth, and then at the end of each month, it sends you like a, a, a really uh, detailed sort of journal of of what went well for your month and what didn't, the trends that worked, and it's just a way that it keeps me really accountable every time I look down at my wrist. You don't have to do anything; it's literally picking up uh, my session. 
today or pick up my session this afternoon. So you, wear, you can wear it where you train. Yeah, yeah. So like all. if you can see now, like I've just got the, the normal the normal band on, but I'll put like a, a hydro sleeve over the top of it. Like yeah. it's a plastic uh, rubber sleeve that I'll put over it and wear. And, you know, I wore it uh, for the first time in competition this year in the Cool and Get a Gold. So it's cool to see that data, yeah. right? Like um, uh, not many people in our sport have ever sort of had that. We've had Telstra trackers in our, in our um, vests before, which track speed, but... This is tracking heart rate. It's tracking, you know, ultimately uh, pretty much everything. So I've I've loved it, and um, I'm super excited to see them like sort of come into Australia a lot more, mate. You so if you are having you've got a big session or a big day coming up, will you just look at your phone and say, hey, I'm, I might need an extra hour of sleep, or I might need to have a bit more magnesium? Like, are you constantly checking your phone? on how best to recover? Like, what does that look like practically? Yeah, I got actually a mate of mine help. Um, a mate of mine, Tuk Miller, he's, he's the Gold Coast Suns captain, and, and he sort of, like, gave me some really good advice a few years ago, and it was, like, you obviously can't read into it too much. Yeah, You might race, and yeah. you might look at your phone and be like, shit, my recovery's 56% out of 100. Yeah. The race is still going to go on. Exactly. It's still going to happen. Yeah. You're still going to go out and play, whatever you might have to do. So he gave me that suggestion of looking at it like not so closely, but maybe looking at it like at the end of the week and yeah. just seeing your trends. And Sick. I think, I think with that, and and as I said, at the end of each month, they send you a pretty detailed, um, you know, document of like what worked well, what didn't. And and now after doing it for a few years, I just know what works. Yeah. Um, pre, post, you know, if if it's hot outside, what I've got to do. You know, if I didn't get as many hours sleep as the night before. I know what I need to do. If I've raced, if I've travelled, if I'm injured, if I'm sick, it picks up your temperature. It can give you warning signs of when you are, your, your heart rate and your body temperature elevated. So that might be a smart decision um, to pull back on training, pull the reins back. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it, it's there for that you know that that accountability. And you know, I think it's um, it's a pretty cool little device if if you're wanting to better yourself. It's it's so individualized as well, like you know, mine and your HRV and our scores are going to be different because we're different different athletes, different people, and you can't compare. But what you can compare is of what your best days are, and that's what I'm trying to shoot for every day. Mate, that's sick. Thank you so much. Um, mm. Mate, we've hit 50 minutes. Jesus, that went quick. Mate, we're 50 minutes in. But, mate, um, thank you so much for no jumping worries, on mate. the pod. Um, mate, I can't thank you enough, Just not just for jumping off the pod, but for inspiring everyone in your inner community and in the external community so thanks for jumping on brother i love you